You are now tuned in to Owen's Exhibit. Welcome back, listeners. This is your host, Owen Patterson. We are here today to discuss all things related to fashion and entrepreneurship. Today's episode is going to be covering a prominent person in fashion, and if you don't know who this is, you should definitely stick around and hear about their story, because it is one that's very unusual, but it has also placed them amongst the ranks of some of fashion's best dressed. So the person we're going to be talking about today is Iris Epfel. And I would say, in my opinion, this is somebody who has been able to use their sense of style and build a whole entire brand around it, as well as create a lot of opportunities for themselves. Everything from being booked on interviews and media appearances to even creating small collections and basically just having a world of opportunity out there for Iris. And... How can I basically go into and summarize Iris is as a person who's very creative and who likes to create and she also has a lot of curiosity so that's allowed her to explore a lot of different avenues with her creativity, everything from interior design and fashion and also holding exhibits at museums. So she's done a lot over her years and basically I'm going to be taking information from her small documentary that's called Iris and you can find it on YouTube for free. It basically just talks about her in her later years. This is when she is 90 years old and she recently celebrated her 100th birthday. So that is a huge landmark and the fact that she's still really vibrant and likes to continue this role as a prominent fashion figure is something that's very motivating and gives promise to a lot of people. So let's dive right into her story. Iris Epfel's mother was a fashion boutique owner and Iris grew up in New York. Whenever she was given an allowance, she would take that money, which was back then probably around anything from a penny to a couple cents and she would go around places in uptown New York so uptown Manhattan and try to find small boutiques or flea markets or anything any establishment where she could kind of bargain and find a good deal on accessories or household goods or clothing and she would then keep collecting these items over time and every time she would get an allowance she'd make sure to try and find the best deal or try to find something that really spoke to her and spend her money on it and she noted that really the best places to go back then this was around the 1920s or 1930s she would say that Harlem was the best place to visit for finding goods and accessories that were unique and one of a kind That was also another thing that really played into her style was always finding something that nobody else had. She wanted those one-of-one pieces. So over time, she began collecting an entire 
plethora of accessories. In addition, at a young age, Iris would go to visit Harlem to see people dressed really well on Sundays. The term that was derived from this was Sunday's best, meaning that everybody in Harlem back then would dress very stylish and very appropriately for church. Another point that's relevant to this idea is when Iris talks about in the documentary how people in downtown Manhattan thought that they had style, but in reality, they just dress in a black uniform. They didn't have too much individuality. They really just put on clothes that were basic essentials or that had a monochromatic color. But she noted that the people in uptown Manhattan were the ones that had style, that had individuality, and that dressed differently than anybody else, but that also knew how to put clothes together and how to layer things and how to add accessories in order to make an ensemble that looked very appealing and also very stylish. Now it's time to dive into Iris's young adult life. Iris studied art history at New York University. She also attended art school at the University of Wisconsin. And as a young woman, she worked for Women's Wear Daily and the interior designer, Eleanor Johnson. She also acted as an assistant to illustrator Robert Goodman. I got this blurb of information from Business of Fashion because in the documentary that I watched, it didn't talk a lot about how Iris started or what her first careers were up until the point of when she started a business. So now it's time to get into that. Around the time of 1948, she married her husband, Carl, and two years later, they would go on to start a business called Old World Weavers. And what this was was a textile company that repaired and restored historical textiles for the White House, museums, and other important entities, while also creating very historical and cultural designs that were inspired by the 18th and 19th century. So these were really old textiles and something that was meant for a specific time period, or at least to allude to a specific time period. And in 1948, I'm going to talk about how she came up with this idea to start this textile business. She was basically working as an interior designer. And on one of her projects, she needed a specific styled or creation of a textile to put into her house that she was working on. And she noted that she couldn't find the specific textile. So instead, she decided to go to a weaver and have it created. This brought on the need or the demand for creating older textiles that weren't really available to her at that point because a lot of the production that was happening in textiles was moving towards very high production or mass volume of machine made textiles. So they really went back to the handcrafted and very small production of textiles. They also were working with projects that took inspiration from foreign places such as India and Europe. So they'd really look into the history 
of designs as well as take inspiration from those old past designs and create something that fit their certain creative design. They continued working at the company until 1992, but then Stark offered to buy the business and the offer was unrefusable. Iris did note that she didn't want to sell the business, but it was an offer that was too good to turn down. So Stark ended up taking over ownership, but I did read that they stayed managing the company for another 13 years. But over time, she, Iris and her husband kind of faded out of the business and Iris would go on to do a lot of individual projects and also just take on this persona of being someone that's very fashionable. To talk about one of these individual projects that Iris worked on, it was a very unpredictable project. It basically was an exhibit at the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And how this show became about was because the past exhibitor uh, wasn't able to showcase their work or basically the exhibit that they had set up for the Met at that time didn't end up happening or couldn't come to fruition. So the museum curators reached out to Iris and knew that she had a collection of jewelry and clothing that would fit perfectly as an exhibit or make for a good exhibit and would allow for people to really be able to see her sense of style as well as have this atmosphere that was really engaging and intriguing. At the Met exhibit, she showcased five outfits that were put together by her. They included everything from the entire clothing to accessories laid on top of the clothing. So they were basically outfits that she would see herself wearing. And the reason that this is a very cohesive and also a multifaceted project is because her outfits aren't just something that she goes to her closet and she automatically throws on. It takes a lot of thought and trying to understand what pieces work together and how they are able to create one cohesive look without putting too many items onto it or making things too outlandish. So her outfits take a lot of thinking and also a lot of execution. The turnout for her exhibition was really surprising to the museum because all of the advertising and all of the information of the exhibit was spread by word of mouth because of the fact that they weren't really planning to have Iris showcased in the museum in the first place. So people came to this exhibit and then told other people by word of mouth. Her exhibit drew a lot of attention, so much attention that other museums had reached out to her, wanting her to put on an exhibit at theirs. So the next museum exhibit that she did was at Norton Art Museum in Palm Beach. After that, she showcased at the NASA County Art Museum. After that, she went to the Peabody Essex Museum in Massachusetts. And those were just a few of the exhibits that she put on and was able to display her fashion at. A lot of the time, these were very coordinated and well put together exhibits that required her to show up, make sure all of the clothing was 
displayed in a presentable manner and also was displayed to her liking in the fact that everything was accessorized properly and it actually looked like something that she would wear. It's astonishing to think that in this film she was in her 90s and what was showcased in this documentary was how she was living her day-to-day -day life. She was still constantly appearing on interviews and media appearances. So that goes into a talk that she did with HSN, which is a live coverage of people trying to sell products. It's really their way of going on television and marketing a product to people by talking to them about it, also showing it on a person or on a mannequin and it really goes over every angle of the item and the functions and how the item looks as well as how people can purchase it. That's a quick rundown on HSN, but basically Iris did a small collection of jewelry called Rara Avis and it was a lot of jewelry that was inspired by the things that she would wear, so very exaggerated proportions and very big and bulky jewelry. This goes to show that even in her old age, she never stopped being creative and never stopped taking opportunities that were presented to her. She always wanted to take advantage of opportunities and see where they could lead. She was one that was always trying to say yes to things and always try to capture moments and not let them pass by. So that really talks about how she still is to this day and how she still responds to her role as a fashion icon. She continues to create, be creative, and she's always stayed authentic to the person that she is. I just want to leave off with a few more pieces of information. One of those is that Bergdorf Goodmans did a window display that saluted Iris Epfel and it featured multiple of her outfits on mannequins. Her face was also placed on the bags that customers received, so that was a very commendable and very exciting moment for Iris, as well as it talks about her creativity and how she's incorporated it into her outfits in the documentary by showing that a lot of her shoes were made by her due to the fact that she embroidered them and put her own details on them. Another point is when Iris was celebrating her 90th birthday in the documentary, Lomans, which is a department fashion store, was also celebrating their 90th birthday. And she had talked about how the owner of Lomans basically saw Iris at a young age and noted that she wasn't the most beautiful person but that she had something going for her and her creativity and that she didn't need to be beautiful, but she could also just be have a good appearance by dressing properly and also just being very stylish. And a quote that came from Iris was, if you're not pretty, become interesting. So I thought that was definitely something that's kind of comical and also very, very true. Iris also left the audience with a few messages in this documentary. One of the messages was that designers nowadays buy a few vintage pieces that they change one or two things on and then release them in collections. They aren't very, or they aren't creating with originality. They're really just reproducing past things and not trying to either look into the 
history of it or try and be curious about newfound passions and interests. They're really just taking what's already been created and then reproducing it. So her message to designers is to be curious, to look into history, to find out the backstory about the clothes that they're interested in, and then create something new and unseen before. Even though I'll, I'll put my personal take in this, it doesn't really seem like anybody can create something truly original. Everything's going to be inspired by or influenced by something else but people can really create a singular message or individual message behind a piece of clothing that ties into that message and that reflects that message and doesn't necessarily copy somebody else's designs. There are still ways to create individuality. Her next message is a quote. She says, you really don't own anything while you're here. You just rent it. And that was something that really resonated with me just because it's completely true and ownership really isn't what it seems because you may feel like you're in control of the items that you have right now, but after you're gone and passed away, those things don't stay with you. They don't follow you. They are left behind here and you're no longer in control of them. The last points I want to talk about are Iris never had kids, so she really immersed herself in her work and in her passions. Another point is twice a year she'd travel to Europe to really immerse herself in the culture and to also find items and pieces that she could add to her collection. The last thing that was covered in the documentary was Iris was appraising and getting rid of everything in her warehouse that she owned and this entire warehouse was filled with tons of home goods and tons of small items like vases and mirrors and other furniture items and it was so astonishing to see how much she's collected I mean she has multiple houses and Pretty much every room in the house is completely filled with not only clothes, but also items and home goods. If you listen this far, thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new about Iris. This is definitely a character that deserves a little bit of recognition, and I'm glad that I got to cover a little bit about her story. So thanks for listening, and if you're not already, go over to Instagram and follow the podcast at owens.exhibit. And check back each week on Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific time for new episodes. Thanks so much for listening and peace out.